You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 308 of Podcateers. This week, we welcome back our good friend Skyler, who is the editor and chief of the DizInsider.com. We talk about Shanghai Disneyland reopening and the state of Hollywood and the theater going experience due to the world situation. Also on this topic, there was a great interview with Disney CEO Bob Chapek with CNBC's Julia Borston, where they talk about these topics as well. I'll put the video in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com 308 if you'd like to watch it. Remember that if you'd like to join the conversation, you can connect with us by searching for Podcateers on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or of course by leaving a comment on the blog post for this episode. Before we kick things off, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people, our podcast Fairy Godparents, also known as the FGP Squad. If you're new to the podcast, the FGP Squad help make these episodes of Podcateers possible with a monthly contribution via Patreon. If you'd like more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, head over to podcateers.com FGP. And of course, a huge thank you goes out to all of the members of the FGP Squad for their continued support. And by the way, FGP Squad, make sure to check out Patreon for a new exclusive virtual background for your video calls featuring a photo from Inside Club 33. I hope that you enjoy this new background. So that's going to wrap it up for this intro. Let's get this thing started. Here is episode 308 of Podcateers. Oh, that's mm-hmm. rad. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm hoping that this works out because this is the next phase in the testing of everything I've been wanting to do. You know, mm-hmm. I've been talking about wanting to do some live streams and wanting to play some games with people online, put some stuff on the YouTube channel. But as you know, I had some computer problems and trying to rebuild everything. And now the way that we're recording today and the way that we're capturing everything, I think we may have found a winner. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you found the formula. Ah, I'm so excited. <laughs> and that voice that you're hearing outside of mine and Melissa's is, of course, our good friend Skyler, the editor-in-chief of the Diz Insider. How are you today, my friend? I am good. Thank you, both of you, for uh, having me back. I'm excited to be here again. I love coming on the show, so, um, and I love supporting you guys. So it's, it's good to be back. Good to talk... Uh, Disney with you guys. Well, it's always fantastic to have you on. (laughs) And look, if you want me to slap your face on the team section of podcateers.com and just make you a permanent addition and have you on however much you want to come on, you're in, dude. That's it. You're part of the family. You should be on the page, too. That's super nice. You know, I will be here as much as you need me. Well, then that is fantastic. That's awesome. I mean, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not just saying that. I mean, you and your family from the very beginning have just been some of our biggest supporters. And, you know, I, I know I've told you this, you know, offline, but, you know, I just want to publicly acknowledge how much I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your family. You know, like I said, especially your mom, dude, like from the very beginning, your mom 
played such a huge role in helping us out and, you know, helping us get started. And, you know, I, I love your family so much and, and I appreciate you every time you come on. So thank you for taking the time to be here today with us. Oh, of course. And, you know, the, the feeling is always mutual. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that it's probably been over five years now, six years. We're it, going on seven. It's, uh, it's crazy how much time's flying, but yeah, no, I, I, I love, like I said, I love coming on the show. I love you guys. I've loved everything you've done. I've always said you're one of the best, uh, you know, designers when it comes to creation, whether it's a podcast video or the website. And I've always, always appreciated what you've done. You've brought on a, a good team around you. Uh, of course, um, you know, we, we, we love us, uh, some Melissa so that's always nice so good job to, to both of you thanks man I appreciate that thank you yeah and you know also Gavin has been a really big yes. part of the team yeah. uh, you know recently he's been taking on some other projects for work which have unfortunately not permitted him to be on as much as he wants to but I don't know we'll work it out where we can bank some stuff where he's on so that we get a little more Gavin in our lives every week yeah we need some yeah. Gavin yeah we miss him you know but it's okay you know, things are a little different right now, especially because of the current pandemic. We're doing the best we can. Stuff is, as they say, bleep is hitting the fan in mm -hmm. a lot of different places. And people are just trying Rolling to change the their yeah. daily routines. <laughs> you know, they're trying to make it so that they can get by, that they don't lose their minds when they're home. Uh, how is this whole thing treating you guys, man? I mean, with no school, with not being able to go out, you know, to do your your daily routines how's the last seven weeks been for you guys interesting <laughs> interesting pretty much i mean just actually things have been getting better um creativity spark has been happening and i just been a little busy so i haven't been online much but yeah just trying to adjust and i think i finally adjusted to the new sense of right now, if yeah. that makes sense. No, that's good. I mean, so. the acceptance part is the hardest. And once you accept yeah. it, you can move forward, right? And that's mm -hmm. the hard part. Skylar, what about you? How have you and your family kind of been dealing with the whole stay-at-home thing? Uh, so not you know what not too bad um in fact my mom prepared really well she stocked up you know she was one of those uh buyers who stocked up on like two weeks supply of of you know whatever you need just in case because we don't know what these stay-at-home orders really meant at first right, uh, we right. saw what happened in mm -hmm. italy and how crazy it is here which we knew it wasn't going to be as bad but you never know so we were pre we were prepared right um, and my, it's funny, my grandma who runs this little boutique, she's been making masks and she's been selling masks like crazy, uh, hundreds upon hundreds, uh, of, ma uh, you know, face masks for, you know, local hospitals and, you know, friends and, uh, you know, family and it just people we know and, and, you know, and new customers are coming along. And for me personally, I work uh, for a music video company, believe it or not, for my full-time job, and we got we got hit pretty hard because entertainment is isn't a necessity. It's just an, a form of, you know, inter what it is, entertainment. So right. I've been home all day, yeah. every day, 
uh, watching a four-year-old destroy my house. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like, man. I have a seven and a ten-year-old destroying my house, so I totally understand what you're saying. I it's get you. <laughs> they don't understand fully what's going on, so they're you know they're happy. You know the parents are home a little more. Absolutely, I, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I do get that sense. You know, uh, however, when the school sends a bunch of work and they're telling us they have to turn this in at the end of the week, and Thursday night comes along and they're like, oh, while you were working, we totally forgot to do our work, Dad. And then oh, we're fun. doing six hours of homework in one oh, evening. Oh, no. That's the bad part. But, uh, yeah, so first of all, uh, the masks that your grandma's making, does she have an online shop where people can go shop for these? Can people actually order yeah. from her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's called Junebug's Boutique. And uh, she's on Instagram. She doesn't have a little site, you know. She she works straight from her little pre-made workshop in this small little garage we have, and uh, she and they're good quality, you know. Of course, my mom's in there helping her, you know. It's uh, right they're making Disney masks, plane masks, Marvel masks, Star Wars masks, you name it. They've probably made it, but um, yeah, it's it it's nice to. It's nice to see they're both doing something together, you know, helping out people who need it. And, you know, there's, you know, there's a demand for people who want to be safe. And that's just awesome to see. Right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll put a link to her Instagram in the blog post for this episode. Uh, if you're interested, make sure that you head over to podcasters.com slash 308. You'll find the link to June Bugs Boutique there. We'll also make sure to repost uh, one of her links on Instagram. So if, if you just want to click through, take a look at the things that are available for purchase, you know, you can go ahead and support uh, Skylar's grandmother and the efforts that she's doing, you know, to make sure that people try to stay as safe as possible uh, with a lot of people just being out of work and not having incomes. You know, the, the people that take a moment to do stuff like this, yes, it's a business, but it's also a necessity for a lot of people that are out there. You go out, you do your yeah. shopping, you know, you're trying to protect yourself, but also you're protecting others. And it's it's really important that you have something like a mask like this. So uh, make sure that you check out the Instagram stories. Make sure that you check out the blog post, podcasters.com slash 308. We'll have that information available so you guys can check that out. Um, so, you know, you actually said something that was pretty interesting, that entertainment uh, isn't a necessity. But there's so many people that I feel think differently about that. And in some states, obviously, they're taking that to the extreme. We saw this with Florida, you know, deeming world wrestling entertainment like a, a crucial part of society. I don't understand how that functions, but uh, okay. Uh, and then they're slowly kind of reopening <laughs> their economy. I understand that it's super important to do that, trying to get people to kind of step back in. Today, as we're recording this, Shanghai Disneyland has reopened its doors. We talked about this a little bit last week, how with everything that's going on, the parks have been closing around the world to be as safe as possible. At, as of this moment, Disney has lost more than $1 billion due to the pandemic. They've reopened the park, but there's a lot of safety measures that they've put into place. So, for instance, when people were walking in, there was markers on the floor. People were wearing face masks, meet and greets with characters, 
are no longer a thing, at least for now. Temperature checks are in place. Uh, I mean, these are things that are essentially setting a template for how we're going to reopen the parks. How do you feel about some of these changes that are being implemented in Shanghai that could essentially be used to reopen Walt Disney World, Disneyland in Anaheim, and so on? Well, let, let's get started. Shanghai is probably the is obviously the best place to do it. You know, this is a place that was the almost right near the epicenter of where all this started, um, and. China very, was very good about trying to get this to go away. People were staying home. Uh, that culture is very good about wearing their masks, um, you know, staying indoors, you know, going out. That, that's so good for them. Um, one thing I do want to get out of the way is like in terms of entertainment not being a necessity, um, what I mean by that is – uh, from from more of a business standpoint, it's not a necessity. Um, uh-huh. An example I've brought up I've brought up multiple times is uh, I used to work as an entertainment supervisor as, uh, at a casino, and uh, we were always told, and this makes a lot of sense, the money goes into slots, table games, and the bar. Entertainment there is just there to drive those sales, um, and then. The same thing can be said with Disneyland. You know, tickets drive the sales. The annual passports drive those sales. Everything with inside the Disney theme parks, that's what brings everyone in. And that's that's where, you know, the on the business side, like for me, of I, I'm a movie fan. You know, love the Disney movie. I love all movies. Love Disney movies. Um, that'll always be a necessity for me. Same with same with yourself and Melissa. You guys are parks fans. So that form of entertainment will always be a necessity to you. And we need oh, that. Yeah. And Shanghai is going to be the perfect gauge to see where we need to be here in the States. Now, we're a little bit behind them right now. Yes, we're starting to see things open up very slowly, but this is perfect. We're already seeing social distancing measures as we go to, you know, the grocery store, the pharmacy, Walmart. There's, you know, there's checkers where you need to stand. They're they're only letting in a certain amount of people. Uh, Most businesses are requiring you to still wear a face mask. Um, So seeing Shanghai I do it is interesting and uh, both Bob Iger and Bob Chapek have both said that temperature checks were likely coming uh, here on stateside uh, I, I think everything Shanghai is doing is the perfect gauge for what we should do it's just a matter of okay let's give it a month or two see what how this is working see where we're at and then let's see if we can apply this to you know the North American parks. And let's be clear, uh, the way – how do I say this without, without being too, uh, too crazy or offending anyone? We are not like Shanghai, the people of Shanghai. They are very, 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 very – like I said, this is going to be tough. They're very by the book. If you know, if they, if those citizens need face masks, they're going to be the first ones to wear face masks. Here in the states, it's a little different. Then you get into the politics that I'm not a politics guy. I don't like to get into that. But it, it's going to be interesting. You can't just copy and paste what Shanghai is doing. It's just a gauge uh, of what they're doing. And I, I think right, it's going to be interesting to see. I'd say by next week or even the following week, how things are coming along. I think it's good that there's no meet and greet characters right now, especially if you are still trying to practice these social uh, distancing measures, keep everyone safe. Uh, I know there's costume characters out walking around still. Um, 
obviously something huge over their head. They might even be wearing a face mask in there as well. You know, I, I think they're doing their best job to provide the magic while keeping their audience safe. But right now it's just a wait and see kind of moment. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. When the tickets became available for Shanghai to reopen or slots became available, they've tweaked how you can actually attend the park. It's very similar to how Walt Disney World is doing their magic band entries where you kind of pre-schedule the time and date that you want to go to. Uh, here in California, it's very similar to how FlexPass currently works. Um, if you're an AP without a FlexPass, obviously you don't have any restrictions as long as the park isn't going to be full when they finally reopen, if they implement the same strategy. Uh, from the moment that they said that they were reopening, they sold out tickets in minutes. That's how people, that's oh, how yeah. much people really want to go back and experience the parks. It is a place where a lot of us just go to hang out, to lose ourselves, to disconnect with reality. You know, there's a lot of naysayers that, uh, for whatever reason, they just have a beef with Disney. And regardless of what you say, they're always going to have that beef with Disney. Right. And they yeah. just don't get it. Like, we understand that it's a business. I am fully, fully conscious of the fact that they are a business and they want as much money from everybody that comes through the gates as possible. But they provide magical experiences for me and my family on so many different levels. I don't care. I'm so in hook, line, and sinker, it's not even funny. I'm not the only one that feels like this, right? That Disney magic allows us to live our life, to disconnect with reality, to have some fun, to connect with our friends, our family. It's unlike anything else in this world. And the fact that we don't have that available to us is I, I kind of feel like it's killing a lot of us inside slowly, yeah. <laughs> you know, until it's available again. So yeah. uh, obviously Disney's going to take a lot of precautions as they reopen these parks. You know, Beijing had actually requested that when Shanghai reopened, that they only had about 30% capacity in the parks in order to be able to monitor everything. But when they reopened, they only opened with 16,000 people in the entire park, which is about 20% capacity. So Disney's actually right. going above and beyond what's being asked of them to ensure the safety of guests and cast members that are that are there in the parks. So yeah, so with Shanghai opening, we've also heard that Disney Springs in Florida is going to be reopening this week as well. Uh, it's interesting that they're using Disney Springs as kind of the springboard for Florida. Why do you think they're going with something like Disney Springs versus waiting or just reopening Magic Kingdom? Pretty much the same thing as Skylar was talking about is just gauging to see like how the reaction the only thing I'm a little afraid of is a backlash. Mm -hmm. And that's um, due to what's been what we've been seeing on the news, that kind of stuff. But I'm hoping for a positive outlook to, you know, to see that, you know, we're going to go back to entertainment. <laughs> Here we go. Um, it's just something for us to just go out there and experience and just kind of get into normalcy or whatever we call as normal. Um, I'm really hoping, like I said, I'm really hoping for some positive feedback 
However, I have my reservations and concerns. Pretty much just safety. That's all it is. Um, Just overall safety. It may be a little too soon. Let's see how it goes. That's pretty much we'll only know in like, what, two weeks or so. We'll see what happens and what would happen right after that. What would be the next phase? Yeah, so... uh... First off, Disney Springs is a little different for me. I'm not a, a big Florida person, not not super knowledgeable with Florida. Um, the The plan is May 20th, if I'm not mistaken, correct for you know reopen. Mm-hmm. And it's their it's basically their version of you know downtown Disney, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, if that's what they're trying to reopen right now, I I, I guess that's okay. I it's a little weird. I. I if you have a bunch of restaurants and dining, I mean, sure, but there's a lot of places that aren't even allowing people to go to the bars yet. Um, so, uh, for instance, a, a lot of uh, major restaurants and dining facilities, what they'll do is they'll they'll space out their their dining room, make it perfect for social distancing, but they're closing off the bar, which I believe is regional, you know, uh, mm-hmm. policies. So I don't know where Disney falls under those policies and guidelines. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do um, social distancing wise at Disney Springs. Um, so once again, it's kind of a wait and see. I'm, I'm uh, a part of me that yeah. that that really really safe stay away part of me is like I think it's too soon, but there's a part of me. That's like, okay, we need to see how this works, especially yeah. if we want families yeah. to start going out and having fun again. Like, you know, being, you can only be quarantined for so long before you, you, you start to drain yourself. So it's, it's hard. It's, it's a May 20th is going to be very it's, interesting. Yes. <laughs> it, I yeah. think it will also tell us, uh, give us a little better indication on when these parks are going to open as well. Yeah. And see, that's the yeah. part that I feel that, some people are missing out on here, right? That there's people that just want the parks to reopen at all costs. You know, they just want to be back in the parks. And I totally get that feeling. I want that too. But, you know, I've talked before about how this, what's going on, like we don't have a lot of information about it. We don't know what the damage that it causes after the fact is you know there's news about how it's changing on a daily basis and how certain ways that they were treating it are no longer working in some capacity that's the part that's scariest to me i understand that we have to get the economy going and everything but at the same time you know i and members of my family have underlying issues that put us at higher risk if we're out in the open for something like that and that's just not a risk i feel like i'm willing to take just because i want to go to the park again right the park is going to be there after right but i want to make sure that i'm still there later you know what i mean exactly that's kind of where i fall in this whole situation and I think last week I mentioned that one of the important things that Shanghai is doing that has been proposed here in the United States and especially here in California with tech companies like Apple and Google coming up with these tracking mechanisms that kind of show, you know, if you've come in contact with it, if you've had it, if you've recovered from it and all that stuff, the people that have recovered from it 
I think are at lower risk, obviously, of catching it. And those are going to be the people that are, in in my opinion, the most crucial to really get out there and kind of kickstart the economy again right. because they don't have to worry about getting reinfected. The only thing that's concerning is whether or not they can still infect somebody. Yeah, c- carry it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the scariest thing about this whole situation. But like you said what they're doing in Shanghai, what they're doing at Disney Springs is absolutely crucial to the reopening of the other parks. And this is their way to figure out, like, how are we going to do it? How is it going to work? You know, what are the logistics of doing this on a larger scale? Disney is being very, very conservative about how they do this. Florida is not. And I think that's where there's going to be a huge issue because, right? Uh, you know, Bob Chapek, Bob Iger, and Josh DeMauro, who is the president of Walt Disney World, you know, I I know that they're all in sync and they're trying to do what's best for guests and for cast members. And it's going to be a really weird balancing act for them to find that middle ground that they need to make sure that they can be as safe as possible and get as many people in the park to continue their business, to pay their cast members, to continue the economy, basically. Right. It's um, it's such a weird time that we're in that it's always – for now, it's everything is going to be a wait-and-see kind of moment for everyone. But like I said, everything – all eyes are on uh, Shang-Chi. All eyes are on <laughs> Shanghai right now. And – with that said, all eyes are going to go to Florida, and then once all that's done, everything's going to be on uh, California. California yeah. is going to be I, – I feel that you know, Disneyland, the Disney Resort over here, um, I think that will be the last place that you know gets slowly opening and reopening things. I just – California has just become – slowly become a, a state where sadly a lot of people have been infected and – um, you know, it's it's all kind of wait and see. I, I'm I hope May twentieth rolls around, and you know, th- those that have been infected that might you know be are healthy enough to go out and kind of boost the economy might go to Disney Springs, and hopefully, you know, that starts trickling in more people. Who I it's it's so tough to tell, but I, I'm I'm very interested May twentieth to see what happens because it, it's really going to be the kickstart or the kickback on the next step for disney right i don't think many people are talking about that possibility as well because if there is some kind of fallback obviously they're going to you know take back everything else that they've done and i think you're absolutely right disneyland will be the last of the parks to reopen and i think it's more of a logistical thing because of all the parks Disneyland proper is the smallest of all the parks and social distancing is much harder in that park. When you look at the scale of Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom, there's no comparison size-wise. Oh, exactly. Over in Florida, there's so much space. Even when they're at capacity, there's just – it was just made – big spacious mm-hmm. all that room mm-hmm. here when even when you don't hit capacity here at disneyland or dca and you're at like 65 70 percent you're bumping into quite a few people so that that's a really yeah. good point as well yeah yeah 
So let's wait and see. Obviously, we're going to try to keep track of everything that's happening. We're going to try to stay in tune with everything, and we'll continue talking about it, giving you updates as they come up, trying to spread as much joy as possible while we're waiting for the day that we can all be back in the parks singing Bare Necessities or whatever we're going to be singing as we're walking down Main Street. (laughs) One of my favorite things to do. Amen. Uh, But in the meantime, I want to ask you a couple of things because – you know, talking about this whole entertainment thing, Hollywood in general is in this really weird spot, right? Just with like everything. But the last time that we had you on, we kind of did like a little bit of a preview of all the films that were going to be released by Disney, some of the stuff coming to Disney+. And now, because of the current state of the world, a lot of that has changed, obviously. So first of all, quick updates that you know of as far as some of the things that have shifted around new release dates and what's kind of moving to like disney plus that was supposed to be a major release yeah um bob Iger recently uh spoke with during an investors meeting as well as nbc not too long ago within the last three or four weeks and he had stated that like artemis fell they will uh look very closely at the theatrical release uh slate uh, moving forward, if they think they can move something to Disney Plus and it's viable for them, that's what they will do. Uh, we already seen this with Artemis Fowl, which will be released June 12th. Unfortunately, uh, as we talked uh, last time, Artemis Fowl was already set up, to, in my opinion, to fail. Uh, it falls under that young adult novel, uh, young or young adult kind of film. You're uh, your your uh, Percy Jackson type, where it wants to be Harry Potter and it, and it has that chance to kickstart a franchise, but there's been so many of these films to come out and you know just f- sadly fail at the box office, unless you're a Hunger Games or a, a, maybe a Twilight, and even then that was. 10 now we're looking at 10 years now um so so they had to move that to streaming that's no uh that's no question but the films that we want to look at now are the films that are not the blockbuster draw mulan is still scheduled for july 24th uh actually bob chapek today uh announced that they are still maintaining that july 24th release date uh, the next feature coming from Disney is a film called The One and Only Ivan, uh, and it's based on a book of the same name with Angel stacked cast, by the way, Angelina Jolie, yeah. Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Danny DeVito, Helen Mirren, uh, Brooklyn Prince. Uh, it, it's just a stacked cast full of talent. It's an August release, which isn't usually the best. Um, we look back at Christopher Robin a couple of years ago where it only made about $350 million worldwide. But now mm-hmm. we're in a different you know, state you know, uh, of movie going. We don't know if even movie going will be a thing come August. Uh, so I would, I would very be – if I'm a betting man, the one and only Ivan will be the next film to go to Disney+. Plus. Uh, Mulan will maintain its regular – uh, theatrical release it's too big of a it, it, it's it's too big of a film to just throw onto disney plus it had a 250 million dollar production budget which doesn't include marketing and they were hoping this film 
at least makes a billion dollars. You know, you look at Aladdin and Lion King, um, Beauty and the Beast hit a billion dollars, and Mulan is in that Disney Renaissance era to where they feel there's a draw to make a billion dollars. They're hoping China banks on it, and putting a film like that on Disney Plus and hoping you make money is is pretty much near impossible right now disney plus sits at 54.5 million subscribers and for that film to at least break even uh disney plus would need 195 million subscribers upwards of 200 million subscribers and they're not even projected to hit that until 2024 at the earliest um so movies like mulan Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, any of the Marvel properties, Pixar properties, expect them to stay the theatrical releases. But it's those films on the side which you want to kind of take a look at. Um, Shrunk is another good one. Uh, Shrunk hasn't gone into production yet, so there's still a lot of time. Um, but that's going to be another thing where it could be a last-minute change. The one and only Ivan. Uh, believe it or not, The New Mutants, which is a long-in-development X-Men movie that was supposed to come out like four years ago. Uh, that one's still uh, being banked on as a theatrical release. Um it's a wait-and-see moment. A lot of these films are in post-production remotely. Uh, the ones that are in pre-production are, are actually casting right now. We we know that The Little Mermaid is uh, uh, pre- in pre-production still. They're still casting Peter Pan. There, there's so many films in the works right now. It's uh, The one and only Ivan will be the next one we take a look at and – maybe a summer release for that one but until then we have enough time uh in between that and black widow and soul which are both november releases to kind of see where we're at with the disney uh movie slate very good so you said something really interesting you said that come august we may not even have a movie going experience and there seems to be this really big controversy right now between universal and amc theaters AMC, we know, has been struggling for some time. And now, with the release of Trolls uh, World Tour, they went video on demand. They made way more money than they were expecting to make. And there's, like, these rumblings of, you know, that they may not release. Like, tell us a little bit about that and what the impact would be. Yeah, so this is huge. Um, For a lot of people that don't know is film studios have contracts with the theaters, and those contracts, you know, continually get renewed, uh, which basically says this film needs to be in our, our theaters. Usually the date's like two to six weeks before you can do anything else with it. Um, but the movie theaters need a chance to release these uh, these studio films. Um, with Trolls, um, it, it was interesting. It was the first major release of 2020 to just completely skip theaters and go straight to video on demand uh, for purchase, which is a little different. And I'll, I'll bring this up in just a second. Um, tr- so that just gave Universal outright money to whatever it made on video on demand, and it blew up. It was something that, you know, it's a sequel. Uh, it's a family film. They kids want something new to watch. You know, families want something to do on a Friday night, and Trolls was that perfect film to do that. Um, now, it, it was a tentpole animated film. Obviously, it's a sequel, uh, stacked voice cast. So that's where AMC and Regal's thinking, okay, well, we could have made some of that cheddar. You should have pushed back. Um, 
Now, wherever you're at on the spectrum, that's a completely different story, but it's going to be very impactful moving forward. As we, as I just said, we don't know, you know, the future. We don't know how the movie going experience is going to be here uh, in the United Kingdom. They're not even going to open theaters until August is what they're projecting. And, you know, here in the States, we're obviously projecting a July 17th open because Warner Brothers has Tenet coming out. Um, But we want to look at other films. For an example, Uh, Onward is a huge one. Onward Mm -hmm. was in uh, theaters for two weeks. You know, sadly, Pixar needed to take its losses. Sadly, with everything going on, they had to pull the film and then they put it on video on demand. Then it went to streaming. So it had a theatrical release window. And I believe the theaters already knew, Okay, this is a loss for both of us. It's time to pull it. So they put it on video on demand, gave it about a week and a half, and then they moved it to Disney Plus, which is a completely different situation than Trolls. Uh, and then a lot of these other movies that had come out, The Invisible Man had a theatrical release and was pulled, uh, Doolittle, uh, even Bad Boys for Life and Sonic the Hedgehog, all films that were in theaters and got pulled and probably didn't make their maximum profit that they could have made in a you know in a different you know state of affairs here uh the next thing we really want to look at is a another animated feature which gets released uh on friday actually and that's scoob which is the animated origin story of scooby-doo um and that one's being released uh believe if i'm not mistaken that's sony pictures i could be wrong um so sony pictures is releasing that one uh going bypassing uh bypassing the theaters and going straight to a video on demand service uh there's no streaming service they're moving it to so i fully expect this issue to arise again but what the theater you know the theater owners need to understand is you know films are getting pushed off in a drastic rate you know big huge blockbusters that the studios still are banking on the movie going experience um if they with the basically what the movie theaters think right now with Trolls being released immediately onto VOD, Scoob, is they're starting to think, okay, they can do this with every movie. If Trolls can make $50 million on VOD, who's to say Black Panther or, excuse me, Black Widow can't make $70 million on VOD? Mm-hmm. Where in reality, the studios know, yes, we think it could make $70 million on VOD, but we also know its peak profit in theaters could be northward uh northwoods of 150 million dollars at the box office so you know it's a it's a almost a a win-lose situation between both sides they each have their good arguments yes the studios have contracts with the theater owners are and the uh you know the theater execs and yes those are going to get broken but at the same time we need to look at this as kids are at home this is that yes all lives are important but these ki- there's kids at home that need things to do they're bugging they want new content you know mm-hmm. you can only watch the same thing on tv over and over again they want that new content so this the studios are finding ways to put that in front of people without having to push it off not to mention a marketing campaign which Let's say uh, Trolls is probably not the best example because I wasn't a fan of their marketing campaign. But let's say usually the marketing campaign for a movie is anywhere in the ballpark of $15 million to $20 million. If you already kick off a marketing campaign like Trolls did, then you would – and they said, okay, let's just – instead of dropping it on streaming, let's just push it back to December. 
that means they would have to re-kickstart a uh, you know a marketing campaign. A whole new campaign. Yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna fight against a bunch of animated movies coming out later this year, which would have been Raya, Soul, um, you know. Uh, I'm, there's a couple others that I'm uh, – I think the new Hotel Transylvania movie. There's just so many films coming out that it just wasn't financially suitable for them to do that. It's going to be interesting uh, come July. July is the the month. That's the month where everyone's going to know what happens uh, with the movie-going experience. Is it going to be pushed off a little longer and do more films get released straight on to VOD or – you know, does it work out? And, you know, the movie theaters say, okay, let's start releasing our films. It's going to be very hard to tell. Yeah. You know, Trolls overstepping the entire model that's been set up for releases for these major films. Like you said, told Universal, we kind of don't need them. We made all this money without them. Disney took a different approach. They decided to say, we're just going to reschedule. We're not going to sever these ties in any way because, like you said, they do rely on that. You know, obviously, they want their films to be seen over and over. The theater going experience, I don't think, is going to go away in any capacity because watching a film on, let's say, what's the biggest TV you can get right now? Like 80 inches? If you walk into a Best Buy, what can you get? Like like 80 80 inches, right? Sounds about it. So, I mean, 80 inches, let's suppose you have one of those, but watching it in IMAX, if I was watching Endgame, I'd want to go watch it in IMAX. Oh, of course. Of course I want to watch it. There's there's no comparison. So the theater-going experience in general, I don't think is going to go away. No. But I do think it's going to struggle because of all of this. A little bit. Primarily because if you think of how many people have lost their jobs because of what's going on, Spending $20 on a VOD versus $50 or $60 for tickets and concessions, it's a huge difference. Oh, of course. But there's going to be a lot of those families. I'm not saying every family is like this, but it's the laziness like me. I have a a theater. I don't know if you guys have one near you, but I have a theater uh, just about 10 minutes, uh, 15 minute drive away called Studio Movie Girl. Love it. There's a bar. Oh, I've heard of it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are awesome. There's a bar, you know, recline seating. You know, you got your waiters. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an awesome experience. I it's it's hard. Do I want to sit at home and cook dinner and watch a movie at home, or do I want someone to cook for me the bar and spend that money? It's there's a lot of people who are gonna, who who want that experience. And and you're right. You know, come July you know uh, november when all these big blockbusters start to get released again i want to see those on the biggest screen possible on the best surround sound money can buy mm-hmm. and sadly that's mm-hmm. not my samsung flat screen tv in my living room it's, that's it's, what i'm saying yeah my my mono speakers because i i don't want to install <laughs> surround sound in my home it's just it's not the same and let's be clear when you, AMC and Regal say we are not showing Universal Studios movies anymore. You know anything from Universal Pictures? You can call their bluff right now because Universal Pictures owns the biggest, one of the biggest franchises in blockbuster history, and the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, it's just, it's not going <laughs> to happen. You're going to yeah. release Fast Nine on theaters. You're going to do Hobbs and Shaw in theaters. Universal has oh, the Jurassic Park series. It's Universal has such a big 
library of films that the theaters have to do it. And listen, one of the most storied studios of all time, one of the longest running that that have kept the theater, you know, a lot of theaters in business and booming is Universal. It's that it's 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 tough. It's it's a really tough thing. And I the what what kind of makes me think the movie theaters aren't going away anytime soon is. Uh, there's talks of Amazon purchasing AMC theaters, which only gives me the idea that there are businesses that want those movies open because, yeah, the movies mm-hmm. want to make money, but the studios want to make money. And you will always make more money releasing your films theatrically than uh, straight to streaming. It's Unless you are a Netflix and you have the backing, Disney Disney can't do it. Uh, HBO Max certainly can't do it with their Warner Brothers library and Peacock, which is universal. They can't do it. It, Everything's got to be theatrically released. I mean, yes, you got your smaller ones that can go to streaming a la, you know, uh, Togo or Lady and the Tramp, the smaller scaled, lower production budget, you know, easier marketing uh, costs. So we're talking, you know, big scale theatrical films. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this pans out because, you know, if AMC keeps up with this, uh, I I haven't heard much about how Regal is taking the whole situation, but if AMC really keeps fighting back, they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot because it's going to open the door for Universal to say, okay, we'll come back, but we have to cut a new deal where we get more money out of this whole situation. You know, and if AMC wants... A little bit of that cut in the long run, you know, they're going to have to concede to some of those, you know, to some of those new demands from Universal. So, yeah, July is going to be interesting, man, just to see how everything goes on going forward. Yeah, and there's just there's so many films that are coming out, not even including Disney, that I want to see on the big screen, like. Of course, you know, you got Mulan coming and uh, Tenet, which is a big one, Top Gun Maverick and the new Halloween movie. There's just so many cool films coming out that you want to see it on the big screen. You don't want to see it on your small screen. It's yeah. I mean, sure, it's always nice. But dude, outside of that, I would love to see Onward on the big screen. I never got to see Mm -hmm. it in theaters because the weekend that we were going to go watch it was when they closed everything down. Oh uh, yeah. It's and it's a it, onwards a good big screen, you know, big screen experience. And it's yeah, Pixar. That's what I'm saying. I feel like all these films that are getting VOD releases, I think they can find second life in the theaters once it's available. And for the people that enjoyed them, I think they will want to have that big screen experience. And in some cases, if you find theaters like the one that you're talking about, where there's dinner and a bar, and you know, it's beyond watching a movie and having a dining experience that happens to include a movie. Exactly. You know, so that's gonna be key. And I think that once we kind of get to July and we see where everything falls, it's going to really give us some insight as to how just everything in general is going to change. No, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, There's so many more things that I want to talk about, but 
Topics for other episodes, man. Topics for other episodes. More content. <laughs> more content. More content. Save it. <laughs> content is king. <laughs> no, no. There, I, I will say this. If you guys are whatever you, your guys' topics are next week, there's from what I was told, there's some big Disney movie news dropping, a couple big Disney movie news dropping from a, a couple big entertainment sites. So there's some cool little things to talk about come next week. Right on. Well, Ooh. we may have to have you on to talk about that as well. Will we see some of this on <clears throat> the Diz Insider? Uh, yeah, yes, you, you, you may, you may. <laughs> uh, well, even if it's not for me, you will still see it on the Diz Insider. Nice. Well, uh, so I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, obviously, before we do, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. If you're new to the podcast and don't know what the FGP Squad is, uh, like I said, fantastic group of listeners that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, just head over to podcasters.com FGP for more information. There you'll find some of our best contributors you'll find some information on how you can sign up with links and all that good stuff so to all of the members of the fgp squad we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support uh skylar tell everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you on the internet uh, yeah, you can find me over at the Diz Insider on various social media. Uh, you can check out the DizInsider.com. We're doing our best to uh, post as many uh, exclusive stories, uh, rumors, uh, parks, news. Uh, we're just churning out entertainment that we think will be a nice read for you during these uh, crazy times, and hopefully things get better. You can find me on my personal page uh, or on social media, Skylar Schuler, where I give my opinion on all things movies and TV, and and I, I you know I just blab, I go on and on. And yeah, and once again, thank you guys for having me. I love being on, and whenever you need me, I will be here. And I will take you up on that offer, sir. I love yes. talking to you, and I Sweet. love having you on. And <laughs> in cases like this, especially right now, you know, having uh, the insight of, especially you know, that you have with Hollywood and the industry as a whole, is is very valuable, and it brings a lot of good, entertaining things to listen to. So I appreciate you coming on again. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Bye.